listening to Self-ish, finding me time when there's no time. That's right, Series 2, we're back with Selfish. We've got some amazing guest lines up for you this series, starting with the amazing Kate Dyson. Hello, hello, welcome back to another episode of Selfish. And we are into a brand new series, do I say season? Season or series? Series, what do I say? It, sound, it makes it sound Netflix if we say series. So we'll Welcome series. to another series of <laughs> Selfish. <laughs> the podcast. Season, on season two of the Selfish Podcast. <laughs> Amy's still like wanting another cup of tea. <laughs> does Amy want another cup of tea or does she fancy a glass of wine? I think I think we've just that's the end of the season, isn't it? In one episode there. Not really a cliffhanger. No, I'm not very good at cliffhangers, I'm too predictable. <laughs> we are super lucky today because we have got the amazing Kate Dyson with us. Kate set up this amazing group and page called the Motherload, which is Motherload Fantastic. That's the, that could be your tagline. <laughs> There you go. No need to pay for marketing anymore. Mother load is good. Um, I'll, 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 I'll give it some thought. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a, I'll ponder on it. <laughs> now, the mother load has over a hundred thousand. Actually, a I, I looked today to get my figures right. One hundred seven thousand members. I mean, mm-hmm. what? Hello. Come on then, Kate. But before we go any further, for the people who don't know who you are, Kate, introduce yourself. Tell us all about you and why you set up this amazing group. Uh, Well, I am Kate and I am a mum of three and a wife of one. And uh, I own two cats and a dog. And I set up the motherload um, when I was really very poorly. Um, I actually think this is quite a common story (laughs) that we hear on social media um, that people, you know, created their Instagram accounts or they uh, created a group or community of some kind um, when they weren't very well mentally. And um, I think that's because it's like a pivotal point in your life, you know, where you sort of take stock or you reach out or, you know, there's a reason for it. But um, I didn't intend to create the motherload. I just wanted a group with some of my mum mates where we could just sort of offload about parenting and about motherhood in a very honest way. And it didn't need to be met with judgment or the guilt trip or smuggery that we get online. You know, it was free from that. But that essentially, I think, is still there that idea of friendship between women that sort of brings everyone together. It's just now it's on like this absolute um, huge scale that's more like a town, you know, than than uh, like a little, I don't know, like village hall that I suppose like I initially envisaged. I mean, it is huge, isn't it? It's, it's absolutely mm. huge. And, and like... The, the, the stuff on the mother load can range from anything talking about how hot someone is in a Netflix series to... Oh, they like that. They love that chat. Yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> um, to relationships, to the more serious stuff like baby loss and, you know, fertility issues and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love the whole mix of it 
because there is literally something for everybody there. Any question you want to ask, you can ask. There's no, there's no limit, is there? It's just a really nice place for people to say, help and ask questions without judgment. Yeah, I th- yeah. I mean, I won't. I won't like. There is like a curation if, that goes on, if you like, for want of a better word. We are mindful of what is on the timeline. We're mindful of what our um, audience are talking about. We do take that into consideration when we're approving posts. But what I remember of being like a mum and in the fog of parenting because I think there are a few years when you first become a mom where it's very foggy yeah. <laughs> and you're sort of navigating your way through it and you you know we have like guides for nearly everything in our lives except for motherhoods and you mm-hmm. have to just trust your instincts and sort of buckle yourself in for it and um and I remember just like worrying that I had stupid questions you know, that me worrying about whether they were sleeping enough, worrying about if they were teething enough. Like, motherhood comes with so much of that that I w- have always wanted the mother to be somewhere where, you know, there's no such thing as a stupid question for, for you know, moms. And, I mean, I said, I, yeah, like, there is, uh, like, daft questions that we get, but they're not parenting-related. You know, we get, like... We have had the whole, like, you know, what time does Asda open in Essex, you know? <laughs> but it's helpful. Those are, those are the daft questions. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, which it turns out quite a lot of the mother load do. But, um, but uh, it isn't, like, there's no such thing as a really daft question. It, it might be that it's already on the timeline and it might be that, you know, you can sort of join in with someone else's. I'm like you can't see what I'm doing their quotes when I say a daft question because we all have them because the daft questions come from doubt and doubting ourselves and I think it's really important we have space where you can kind of go look I'm sure this is silly to ask but what about this I think um, that's possibly one of my favorite bits about the motherload so when I became a parent I became a parent in the um, birth of the yummy mummy blog era um and I um felt like the worst mum in the world because um I don't like Kath Gibson and um (laughs) you know things like that I just felt and there were all these people who seemed to be completely smashing it and posing these beautiful photos and there was me wondering how I could stop my child eating stones Um, yeah and with the mother load I love the fact that I can open Facebook and often the question that I'm asking actually is answered by someone else posting either Mm. a selfie of a very orange stained or yellow stained baby grow sitting on them. We all know what that stain is. Exactly (laughs) or they're sick on your shoulder or something and I know that sounds like oh gosh I've picked two bodily functions but the key is it just makes you feel a lot less shit and you don't actually have to search to feel a lot less shit very quickly if that makes sense you just like go on and there's always someone because it's normal people living normal lives who probably are posting just even if they're posting something in a non-question way it's 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 off maybe for a little bit of reassurance in a different way of asking for it they're giving you reassurance which i find incredibly comforting even now with not babies I think it's quite helpful 
I, yeah, I completely agree with that. And I, I do think, like, against the backdrop of sort of the platforms, which um, I think they've got a lot better, but there is this perfect yummy mummy, um, really quite smug version of parenting that definitely isn't truthful. And I think we do a lot of talking now about the, you know, the importance of recognising that Instagram is just like people's highlights mm. real. But the damage to a vulnerable mum's psyche when they are confronted only with that version of motherhood, I think, or I believe, is very damaging. And I think it's, um, I think it's, it becomes like a deeper impact as well because um, there's this awful comparison that we make and that happens regardless of Instagram. Like mums are doing that up and down the country every single day, you know, regardless. On the school run, at playgroup, in they a do it with their kids. on the bus, and it, Exactly. But it comes from doubt. It comes from the place of self-doubt. And if you have that constantly confirmed, then it's like it's really rough. Um, that was my Hermes delivery, by the way. It's just Ooh. another ASOS delivery. End of, end of lockdown. <laughs> oh, God. Like, I, I actually succumbed to the yummy mummy uh, brigade the other day and, and uh, you know, swiped up to purchase. And I, I've got a feeling it's going to look really bad. Because I am not a is that one of those? You know, this, it's not sleeper. It's the new look version of the sleeper dress. You know, with the big puffy arms. And oh. I already know it's oh, not going to. I look like a complete dick in those sort of things. <laughs> I was thinking, short. if I wear a lot of like gold jewelry, it'll be fine. <laughs> I I kind of did that with a boiler suit and um, with some like gorgeous yummy mummy in a beautiful denim boiler suit, who's mm. you know, a good foot taller than me because I'm five foot. And uh, I ordered one, and I look like um, like a child chimney sweep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> really ambition. <laughs> the look I was going for. So uh, yeah, yeah. Not, not. I'm not sure that's going to be any time soon, is it? That's that. I do need to say, like, um, I think to be fair, two women who pose like their yummy mummy if you like is often a defense mechanism and it's often like a presentation of the version of themselves that they want other people to see and there's something really deep and a little bit dark about that you know and you know that validation that is required um so yeah I, I you know I think like we talk about the yummy mummies and I totally get it but at the same time, I think they are probably just as fucked up as the rest of us, to be honest. Yes, oh, completely. Yeah, totally. And I think you know that's why that's what I like. I like groups and pages like yours because it's just kind of letting people know that how you feel is normal, the worries you have mm-hmm. are normal, and you know. Mm-hmm. I have this title as parenting expert, which I absolutely hate, but when you go on the radio, they go, parenting expert. So, <laughs> you know, all the qualifications and all that jazz. And and when I say, like, oh, you know, I'm really struggling, I'm having a shit day, and people are like, what? Well, why mm. are you? Because, because I'm just human and I'm a parent. And, yes, I have all these qualifications and experience, but still, parenting is very different when they're your own children. And... I think people like that honesty, and I wish more people would do it. I w- wish more people would be honest. And experts as well. Experts, I'm doing the 
quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, to just just have a bit of honesty because so many people depend on social media now, don't they? Lots of people live on a lot of, especially with this lockdown. We've all been online. I know more than ever. Yeah, and I think if there was sure. a lot more honesty, it would really help, especially new mums. So I get so many new mums, new dads coming to me, just saying like all of these parents on these pages, especially Instagram, seem to have their shit together and I don't. And I say, no, they don't have their shit together. They had two minutes of the day with their shit together and they took a little picture of that shit together and yeah. it looked really good shit. <laughs> but it's yeah. real. You know, yeah. kids are kids, wherever, what doesn't matter how pretty your house is, children are children and they're hard work. And they're all yeah. different. I think that's yeah. the thing that yeah. shocked yeah. the hell out of me when I became a mum. So I had a few friends who had children at the same time as me. And I remember being the one where you go to each other's house and have a coffee after you went to get them weighed or something. And I loved it. And it was a proper, it was a lovely thing to do. But I also felt shit because I was the one with the child that needed to be bounced or would throw up on the rug or you had to hold the fingers to help you know everyone else's kids lay on their mat looking happy or sat in their bouncy chairs going to sleep but mine was like I can't move so you're gonna have to move me and you're gonna have to oh no stand up mom oh no sit down and bounce and that I came away thinking well what am I doing wrong am I spending too much time stimulating him am I not stimulating him enough is it something that I'm doing wrong that's meaning that everyone else's child is sitting still, um, but mine isn't? And it was only after I had my second child and I realised that that's just who my kids are. And he, yeah. my, by them, the a hard baby was a much easier toddler, whereas I had an easy baby. You know, Larry, my youngest, as soon as he came along, he was brilliant. He slept until he was six months old. Then he got chicken pox, and my <laughs> life was ruined until he was four. And, Sounds but, about right. <laughs> the key is, even without social media and without focusing on influencers and this, that, and the other, mm. you, like you say, Kate, the doubt is always there. I think when you become pregnant, you also sign up to a life lifetime of worry, doubt, and guilt. I really am intrigued, though, as to how much of a modern phenomenon that amount of doubt is now. Because I feel that we see on the motherload just so much, um, like, concern about the smallest of things, to be honest. And I don't mean, like... Um, you know, the sleep and all of that jazz that, to be honest, all of us get bogged down in, you know, and the colour of your baby's poo. You know, all of us get, like, those worry elements. But I mean, like, the kind of, like, the the quite neurotic watching of, like, a six-month-old baby and sort of thinking, oh, my God, do they have a condition of some kind, you know? And, like, they're not meeting these milestones that have been prescribed for them in a book written by she who will not be named you know like it they're not they're not sleeping but they're not sleeping like for a prescribed eight hours in the dark you know it's like yeah. we have sort of gone from we've lost our ability completely to tr trust our instincts and to be able to say you know um tomorrow tomorrow will be better you know, today is just a bit of a shit day with the kids because that's what kids are. Like, sometimes they are just 
arseholes and it's a, just a really shit day and you've just got to write it off. And other days are brilliant and you're going to love being a mum, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think you know, parenting guides, parenting books, all of these, like, things that we've, we're conditioned to start reading from the minute that we get pregnant or even pre-pregnancy can be very helpful, but at the same time they create this kind of neurosis um between moms where we start looking for oh my god are they are they okay are they all right and like the doubt is just so it weighs so heavy Mm. and I am intrigued like I'm sure it's always been there I'm sure there's always been a form of it but I I am really intrigued more and more now that I'm out of that real babyhood I guess of my own kids I mean Ted's too but he's like he's feral so I just kind of let him do his own thing now you know it's like as long as he's like somewhere within the four walls it's okay (laughs) I I qualified in 93 because I'm a bit of a dinosaur and um (laughs) doubt has always been there the doubt has always been there. Yeah. They've always come to me. The families that I've worked with, whatever job I've been doing, um, the doubt's always been there. But you were saying about trusting the instinct. I find that that has been shoved away since social media became really popular. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think it's I'd because now the access to advice and so much unsolicited advice as well so you could post an opinion for example some of the celebrities that I've had the pleasure of working with who would come to me and go okay we've got about 20 comments on the way that I'm carrying my baby in this baby carrier can you just check that for me and I'll say that's absolutely fine and you, you know your baby can breathe and your baby's in the right spot trust your instincts don't listen to what Dora from number 32 has commented while having a morning cup of tea on your Instagram you know you need to trust your instincts more and you know new parents all the time get all of these unsolicited comments on social media but if you were a new mum walking down the street you would probably never get any advice unless you're in Asda and sometimes an old lady would say oh I think you've got him wrapped up a bit too warm in that push chair you know but I think because you're out there because new mums you know you are sharing your pictures you're sharing or even from the beginning of pregnancy, I've had mums come to me saying, um, you know, I was at a barbecue and I was having a barbecue and everybody's happy and I'm eating something. And then they've got, you know, a load of comments saying, oh, you should be careful with barbecue food because you're pregnant and you're prone to food poisoning and you shouldn't have this. So it's that mm. now, I think, is because definitely of social media. I think it's always been there. I think parents always have doubted themselves but probably more gone to their families and their close friends for reassurance I absolutely agree with that yeah I I absolutely I think that we live in a bit of a world where unsolicited comments seem to be a lot more available for want of a better phrase I think I think back and you're right people do I remember someone telling me when I was pregnant with Larry I had um about 10 weeks left to go and someone said to me in next oh not long now and I went oh no 10 weeks and she went no no you're due next week next month and I'm like no 10 weeks <laughs> like you just, know thank you yeah, trust me <laughs> I can feel the yeah, weight. I of think this I, child. I think I'm aware. <laughs> I am counting down. <laughs> but the, the key is people do. They they tell you, oh, your child's not wrapped up enough. Oh, your child's um, 
wrapped up too much or you're too big. You know, that woman said that I was too big, but then the other woman said I wasn't big enough for my, my bump. And everyone seems to feel that they have an opinion. And it's not just motherhood, but in other things, whether it's your professional capacity or just life, it's a lot easier to brush off because you're not worrying about it impacting this small person that you've created and they're responsible for. Whereas motherhood, I think it weighs on you a lot more and maybe you're right maybe social media has just added taken people's ironically taken people's filter off in real life as well as online because i do think people are more inclined to comment in real life as well these days definitely yeah i think we've really lost our sort of responsibility for our words in many ways online and i think we've really lost the um the appreciation of the impact of our words, definitely. You know, I've seen so many women um, online, and I've been a victim of it myself, where my choice has been not only um, maybe the advice has been against what I've done, but it's then been so vociferous, so forceful, that it's very upsetting, you know, that I don't think, I doubt there's any mom who is who has been online, who has posted online, has uh, is able to say that I've never experienced that horrible anxiety of someone responding to a message to you or a comment to you and making you go like, oh my god, you know, I'm like, oh god, I just feel like, you know, it's that horrible, like, what are they saying? You know, why are they being so nasty to me? Like, just for having a parenting choice and I think that has been the most important tenet of the mother load that you know it and why it's needed is that we have to be able to have an exchange dialogue between moms where we share advice and we share experiences without that forceful judgment that comes with it and that guilt trip and that smugness that is like so prevalent in other parts of the internet where I mean god forbid being a parent on twitter like I just why anyone would ever post about parenting on twitter I like <laughs> I, you like I, I have no idea it's like literally walking into a viper's nest isn't it and just going just just absolutely savage me savage me do your worst like but we, we really need to be able to get to a place where we think before we write or we think before we speak, you know, well, think before we write in the same way as we think before we speak. Because yeah. if you wouldn't go up to a stranger in a coffee shop or at a baby group and say, well, you're not carrying your baby right or, you know, oh, by the way, did you know that prunes can, uh, can like make you kids spotty? Or did you know that, you know, just all the banal shite that mums come out with totally. towards another mum online. Yeah. Like it's we shouldn't hard. be doing it online. It's hard. Yeah, it is. It is hard. fortunately, yeah. it's less on the mother load. <laughs> but you were you're talking about parenting books. And, you know, I as a parent in author as well, I do agree with a lot of the books that are out there are, I've read them, you know, scare me. They worry me that the pressure that they put on families. But I want to reassure you <laughs> that mine are really nice. <laughs> and it is available on Amazon for oh, a cut you. price. Of. <laughs> available now. In the no, insert ad here <laughs> it's interesting because one of the reasons I did write my books were because there was so much those kind of books out there that worried me that parents were reading that stuff so my books are all about 
basically trusting your instinct. Here's what works. Here's what I've found out that works over 27 years. And it can work for you. But if it doesn't, don't worry about it. Go and have a cup of tea and a slice of cake. And your baby will mm-hmm. come through this phase and don't worry. Because I think those that kind of advice is what parents need. And I think more often than not, that advice isn't out there. Especially yeah, and I think professionals from professionals. I think other mums are brilliant at giving the reassurance and saying, oh, it's okay, my child was like that too. But I think from my experience working with other professionals I've seen, and I think don't like that you're saying that to that parent. You're making them feel that they're doing something wrong. You know, if they say like, I'm really struggling with breastfeeding. Well, you need to give breastfeeding more time. You need to try harder. You need to try this. You need to try that. Rather than just saying, okay, I'm thinking about Mm. your mental health here. You're really struggling. You've been doing this for six weeks. You're really unhappy. What do you Mm. want to do? I want to stop. Well, if you want to stop, that's what you should do because that's your choice. But I think that's because parenting is now a massive industry. You know, before we were parents, we were dealing with the wedding industry and all the bloody opinions like of, you know, the way that you should get married and what constitutes a perfect wedding. Never a marriage. What constitutes a perfect wedding? Because that's where the money lies. And the same thing now happens in parenting. And so, you know, if you're not... If you're not like pitting one parent against another, invariably, you're not going to be enormously successful financially. I mean, in this arena, because there is a peculiar thing where we must be on one side of the fence versus another in order for it to be profitable, I guess. You know, there is a huge any money. Because yeah, I was like, yeah, because trust your instincts. It doesn't piss people off enough. Yeah. That's what it, it doesn't. It's so funny off. you say that because I did have some media training once saying that you don't piss people off enough. You're too nice. Really? Well, they, yeah, just, there you go. You, you agree. You say that's okay. That's your choice. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. Here's my advice. Yeah, instead of saying, oh, yeah. You're wrong. No, don't you know? Never trust your instincts. Never, you know. And and that is on every side of the fence that we we see this this stuff on the group. Like it's not just like the gentle parents, if you like, for want of a, like when like I'm using labels deliberately, really. It's not just gentle parents, and it's not just the um, parents who. Um, you know, are more, I guess, very routine focused, the Gina Ford kind of stuff. Like, it's everything. Everything now comes with a label, everything. You can't, like, you can't you can't just put a sling on without being called an attachment parent. You can't, like, bedshare without being an attachment. You can't be, you know, you can't puree wee without being a traditional parent. You know, it's all this absolute bollocks. And do you know what? The only thing that matters is your kids survive the end of the day. You know, you've got a glass of wine and you've, you, like, everyone is happy and healthy, but there's no money in that. Can I move on a second? Because I have I have, I have notes. <laughs> um, yeah. The mother load is twenty four seven. Yeah, yes. it's on twenty four seven. And whilst you have volunteer, I'm, I'm stressing volunteer because um, I think it's important for people to be aware that 
this isn't this massive money making business for you not to disregard it but I think it's no. a point that I watched a video that you did on the motherload um I don't know if it was a couple of months ago now or time a couple of weeks ago yeah it's just time time feels like that time feels like that. <laughs> I said a couple of weeks ago um it's full on it's 24 7 and while you have these moderators it is still your for want of a better word baby yeah. and how do you detach from that especially when the video I'm referring to is a Facebook live that Kate did after she was absolutely uh, I at the end of my tether that's a, that's the, the best way to describe it I was actually going for um vilified perhaps is a word I don't know basically this person just was one of many who was personally offended that a post hadn't gone live for whatever reason and I don't actually think the reason is important um but what I what I'm getting to in a roundabout way which would have been a lot quicker maybe if I hadn't written it down um was how do you cope with that I mean obviously you get to the end of your tether at times you're fired you know people come at you quite a lot in your dms and you've had to make some rather um big changes to the group in order to protect Mm. yourself a little bit but we're a podcast about finding time for yourself and we're very big on talking about the fact that self-care isn't just um face masks or painting your nails or going to the gym and a bath yeah exactly (laughs) and don't get me started on bath bombs um (laughs) I really don't get them um but the point is um yeah what do you do to keep your sanity with something that is 24 7 and solely down to you in a way (laughs) no pressure um yeah I mean it's I do have an amazing team and I couldn't do it without them any longer like there was a time when I really worried about giving over that control to other people I guess and oh they won't get it the way that I do and that was that was absolutely bollocks um because they are some of the most passionate supportive women I've ever met you know and not just to the group but to me personally as well and they come from so many different backgrounds the way that they enrich what we do is just incredible we've got therapists we've got social workers we've got police we've got you know health visitors they have so much knowledge that really benefits the group and isn't like obvious you know we don't really advertise that until you need it so but you're right, it, like it doesn't really switch off. We do have hours of moderation now, which is seven till 10. So there is some kind of cap. But the nature of social media means that it is very intrusive. And I have struggled now for a few months. I really think it was massively exacerbated by lockdown, by the amount of like, like, you, like vitriol, I guess, that was coming through that people who were pissed off because of lockdown and I'm with you. I, I I'm feeling the same, but they, they need an outlet for that. And of course being at home with kids all day is really stressful. Like there may be stuff going on between you and your partner and, and the place where you come to take it out is online because it's anonymous or it's behind, it's safe. It feels safe to do that to a stranger because, you know, it's not like hitting someone, is it? Even though it's a verbal punch, it's not like a physical punch. You're not going to get in trouble with the police or very, very unlikely to get in trouble with the police. So I think it's become this really insidious thing that there's a freedom in it. And so that was happening a lot. 
So what do you do to ensure that you, you've talked about the fact that you need boundaries and that you need to take know mm. when to step away and to step away? What do you do to ensure that you listen to those warning signs and what do you do to keep yourself distracted? So, Because I can imagine it's very easy to be drawn back in as it, when anything's 24-7. What do you do to ensure that you take time away? Actually, this is something I'm really bad at. So I know in theory what I should do, but I, yeah. do I always do it? Probably not. But um, I know turning off my phone, you know, switching off. I got a Kindle last Christmas. And so it's at those points that I fire up the Kindle and, you know, make sure that I've like completely disconnected from my phone because let's face it, I do have the control to look at it or not look at it you know and whether to engage in it I am one of those people that like I feel like I need to say my piece so I know that I'll be triggered if if I read something that is going to really annoy like I'll, I'll I need to stop you know and I think that is a really important personal responsibility that we know when when to share our opinion and when not to share our opinion but I think purposefully choosing to go and do something else like really helps and having a focus like going for a walk we we do have a lockdown puppy and so he has been a great um excuse to just leave the house and like yeah. like stop the noise yeah. but I think like I get really annoyed with this like we've we touched on this just a little a few minutes ago when you said like we're not really into the whole bath bomb thing I really get very frustrated with the self-care messaging that is out there because I think it invariably it's not actually practical for the majority of mums yeah you know yes we know that we should be giving ourselves more time yes we know that you know we should be um taking time like just for us and taking some moments out of our day but the reality is very different. And like, I think there's a big correlation for me as a mum not doing it and me uh, running the mother load and not doing it. Mm. You know, it's like a bit of a form of self-sabotage in a way. And um, like, I don't think we should be sending, like, you know, people have said to me before, why don't you just go and have a bath? Like, just go and switch off for a bit, go and have a bath. Listen, mate, having a bath... <laughs> Like, is is not necessary. Like, I guess it's relaxing. That, but that is not self care. That's washing your fucking body. Like, yeah. why are we at this point where like That's your your needs are so things. low? Yeah, they are so. All yeah, they are so minimal. Yeah, that's not self. It goes then back to self maintenance, isn't it? It's yeah. it's one of my biggest things, and, and what worries me is self care is becoming really fashionable at the moment. The more people. I don't know if it's just because I'm following the hashtags a bit more because of this podcast, but I don't want, when we talk about the podcast, I don't want to become a self-care wanker and be pulled <laughs> yeah. into the, just like you talked about um, motherhood and weddings, self-care is a very commercialised business. And well, is it, it, like it's feeding into the wellness industry now, isn't yeah, it? It's become it, a it new is. wellness. Um, and it's really important, like you say, the bath, for me, a bath isn't, it's not actually the bath that is self-care for me. It's the locking the door. And I'm able to do this because my kids are older. Basically, I am able to now say, I'm getting a bath. Go and use the toilet now. And then I'm locking the door and I don't want to hear from you. And if I hear any arguments, you're going to have a screen ban for a week. 
Um, but what what is the thing there that you needed to learn? It was to, to be able to assert yourself within exactly. your environment, and that is. The and self-care. I think that is the yeah, that is yeah. the self care, not not cleaning your body. You it's know that that, and also remove. There's two parts to it I think that are really important, and things that you know what I've been like over the last year or so, Kate, mm. um, and how I'm feeling so much better. But I think the two things you need to take away, for some reason, I'm doing it in a heart, and I have no idea why, looking at my hands. You've been following those um, hashtags, haven't you? We all do that. But the the two things, part of the self-care heart that for some reason I'm doing... ready for school and 
get myself ready for school and this, that and the other. And my husband would sit and have his cup of tea on the sofa, scrolling through his phone. And I genuinely, I mean, we have quite a good relationship, but I genuinely wanted to gouge his eyes out with the teaspoon that I'd just <laughs> taken the tea bag out of my mug with. Um, and so, and it, it happens all the time. You know, he'd, he came in from work and he'd sit down and have a few minutes. And there was nothing wrong with that. But for some reason, I felt I had to do everything else. Whereas now... Instead of sitting yourself... Yeah, so I and so and then there's that build of resentment. So you can see that I, I was reading something the other day about how new parents often it, it is one of the most trying times of a relationship because it divides the how people do things. And I I can see that, you know, I, I resented the fact that Matt sat and had a cup of tea or would, you know, in his lunch hour when he works from home, he might go and sit and have a nap in the garden whereas I automatically am like right I'm going to put some washing in or I'm going to do the shopping list or you know if I'm sitting it's just always a list to be completed isn't there yes and I I discovered when I was having counseling that when I um watch tv I never just watch tv I meal planned when I watch tv yeah yeah. to-do list and whilst I think scheduling time in for yourself is still a really important thing for example with this marathon training I'm doing I schedule that into my day so I do it um it doing a to-do list so that you can watch tv is actually pretty shitty and like you say Kate it's pretty fucked up the fact that you can't even sit and watch maybe EastEnders from last night without feeling you're justifying doing it by doing a job um, but when so, when did that start when where where did that come from like uh, like I am so intrigued by that that you know I think it's just got I do think it's got worse and worse and I agree but I don't I know where where did this idea that women aren't um, entitled to that it, space I think it comes from this whole trend of if you're busy then you're successful it's yeah. that kind of um Oh my god, I've got so like much you're a good time. mom. If you're on on, if you're not sitting on your ass. Yeah. Yeah, well, so well it is. They talk I've about this and I've done that and I've got school and then I've done this and I've got my work and then I've done mm-hmm. that and everyone's like, Oh my god, you're amazing. No. You see it like you're on your you way see to the burnout. <laughs> of people yeah. like, oh, they're just that shit mum who sat on the phone fo- on the bench on a phone or sat chatting to a mum to a friend while their kids are on the yeah. park, they're not paying attention. Do you know what? I take them to the park so I don't have to pay attention to them. I fucking hate the park. Um Me too. Really, although it's fine now. Do you <laughs> to, if it makes you feel better, the older they get, you can just sit. Last time I went to the park, I took the boys with a friend each and I took myself a coffee and a flask and my book. And I was like, I'm fucking the best parent here because <laughs> I just didn't <laughs> to do anything. You know other moms were looking at you like park wanker. Park well, wanker. Lazy mum. Shit mum. My kids don't want me. They don't need me at the park. I'm there to but, make sure nobody steals them. And they don't. if they break their leg, I'm right there to take them to the hospital. They don't need me to run around playing with them at the park. The park is. To be honest, I don't even go to the park. I I refuse. I point blank refuse. It's like it's the last. It's the hill I will die on. That I will not go to the fucking park. That is my husband's domain. Like he can do it. Can we just just going back to like that sort of (laughs) split of like our uh, parents, um, um, like like attitudes and like the (laughs) different. I'm not going that, to the um, fucking park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, but um, 
you know, the other day, um, the kids are like, they're all, like, they're probably just eating too many Skittles, but they were absolute high as kites, all three of them, all screaming in various different rooms and like something was going on and Matt was on the loo and I was downstairs. And I think I, I, think I, was, I, think I was actually working at the time, so I was like in this sort of zone, definitely, of doing, oh no, I was cooking, I was cooking. And um, I can hear the kids, and I'm going to shout out to Matt. We sort them out. We sort them out. He comes thundering like, "Oh, they a fucking shit! I can't even have a shit in this." And I was like, "Welcome to my world. I can't even remember last time I went to the toilet in private. Like, there's if there's not at least two sets of eyes on me while I'm like, you know, mums very quickly." understand how to poo in an, with an audience yeah. like we, we it's something we learn very quickly how do men get away with like this idea that it's still a cocoon but it's like this is it is as basic as we cannot poo in peace well and i tell you what that is what lockdown has benefited me for so we talked about it you what you would be able to poo in peace no, not, no. <laughs> do you know what? I can never poo in peace. I'm actually a really shy pooer. I, I, I wait for everyone to leave the house. So actually, otherwise, or I just do. If we're going into this, I, I'm known as what I, I, I do. Um, I think we are going into it now. I'm doing, I do <laughs> rabbit poos. Okay. I go about four times a day because I, oh I shoot people out. <laughs> something about Matt saying I've got to hurry because the train's about to leave the station or something that's what was Matt saying but no what I was going to say was that Matt actually I think he learned a lot about my life because he took the office on the top floor and I got relegated to the bedroom as you can see um, on Zoom and I'm in between the two boys and we called it on the first, I completely came up with the fact that I'm just like the sandwich and squ- I'm, I'm the filling of two pieces of bread squashed together. Yeah, Matt, yeah. like, Matt had actually one morning, he counted how many times they said mum. And I think in the past I've done that and he's never really believed me, but he was just like, he came downstairs at one point and he went, can anybody just not say mum for 45 minutes? Because all I've heard while I've been at my desk, is mum, 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 mum. No wonder she's looking like she's about to break. <laughs> just, yeah. just leave her alone. And it's yeah. true. I mean, he do, you know, we are fairly equal now. Now I have allowed it a lot. I should point out a lot of the time, I didn't allow it. Again, it goes back to that. I feel felt like I should do it all. I should be the one who gets yeah. them ready to control. school. I should be the one that did the school. And I was in control because I was the mum. Um and eventually I got to that point to that shit. Um, I'm not very, yeah. I'm controlling, but clearly not as controlling as I used to be because you can't control <laughs> kids. So why am I trying to? So we split it down the middle a little bit. But I do think he didn't realise how in demand you can be for, as a parent and how hard it is to extract yourself from that because they'll find you wherever you are won't they they just i don't know about yours even though mine are 12 and find me on the toilet and they'll i shut the door they just wander around they knock on the door can i have a snack where's your dad he's in the front room go and ask him then i'm on the toilet you see 
I did do once when the kids were little. I think they were about eight and six, and I just had enough. So I heard them, mum, mum. So I hid. I hid. I'm not proud of this. I hid under the bed. And I heard them wandering <laughs> around the house. Mum, mum, mum. Oh, God. And then brilliant. all of a sudden it changed. It went from the monotonous mum, mum, like they do the robots that walk through the house yeah. trying to find the person that does everything for them. And it changed to mum. She's gone. Worry, mum's gone. What? Mum's gone. And they were both. They both broke down. And I, oh I my went, god! You traumatized them. You traumatized them. All the time you're under the bed, bed laughing to yourself. So yes. pulled out. Ta-da! <laughs> Just joking, guys. I thought you'd gone. Comparing tips for ten that. minutes piece. Play hide yeah. and seek, but make yourself a coffee. And get your book and the chocolate bar before you do it, and they're on, and they have to come and find you. You get at least ten minutes sitting there with your book and your coffee. Just leave the house and go and sit in the shed. Yeah, Kate, wasn't there um, on the Motherlode podcast? Wasn't there an episode where you admitted to hiding in the pantry with the chocolate? Uh, yeah I mean I mean I'll be really honest that's like a very frequent thing that I've done in lockdown like I am fortunate enough to have a pantry which sounds a lot fancier than it actually is um but uh yeah I've got a stall in there obviously snacks I moved the booze in there because I mean for obvious reasons Mm -hmm. and I can probably get away with a good 20 minutes in there now um before they've I I don't know how they've not totally cottoned on that that's likely where I am but I have like such a occasion like I'm going to sort out the pantry is it it and they come in the pantry is it an instant? No. On the labels? No. I mean, I maybe try to wanker it up at one point, but no, it's not. It's not like, it's not pink and, you know, with, um, with all the you know, reclaimed stuff. wood shelves and, and you know, Mrs. Mrs. Hinch labels. No, it's um, like it's organised, but it's like, like it's organised in the level of priority of things I might want to eat while I'm hiding in there. That's it. That's how it is. You've got a stool in there. Yeah, well, I actually have two because sometimes you just want to put your feet up, don't you? So I have two. You get a signal. You got a signal. Is there a Wi-Fi signal? Oh God, I wish. Well, we're just about to move house, and the new house doesn't have a pantry, so I am pretty fucked. I like I haven't actually thought about where I want to hide there yet. Kate, why was that not on your priority list? So, so many bedrooms size garden Kate's hiding place that surely should have been really ill thought out I do I really feel like that is an act of (laughs) self-sabotage to buy a house that doesn't have my own uh escape route yeah I know have a mum shed in the garden I mean yeah it's really yeah, I've got a mum shed here, actually. I did it up over lockdown. But can they find you in the mum shed? Yeah, yeah, because there's glass. Like, you need it to be completely, like, jail-like, to be honest. You know, no, like, like, and that's the beauty of the pantry, that when the door's shut, they're just, the door is shut. They can't see I've, anything. I've convinced my Matt to turn the edge of the garage into an office for me because... I refuse to be in the bedroom any longer. Um, so he's going to do it in the edge of the garage and I'm going to get 
a ring doorbell. So the way our garage works is we've got a little corridor. Oh my God, that's it, brilliant. We call it the welly room. When, as if it's, it's basically the room of dirt. So we get, that's where everything goes. But So we have a separate door and then we have a little corridor that takes us to the garage and then mine's going to be at the far end of the garage. So on the door into the willy room, we, I'm going to have that a ring doorbell. Like a willy room then. Yeah, totally. So like well, to be fair, every that... room in my house is the willy room. That's all I live with. <laughs> Willies. Um, so yes, I am going to have a ring doorbell on the door so that I can just see who is approaching and tell them to sod off. Just literally, the minute their finger goes up to the bottom, no, 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 yes. I said no, <laughs> no. No, Larry, there is Do not hover that thing here. <laughs> if, you come, if you come in here, I'm going to make you brush your teeth. And then it'll yeah. never <laughs> And then it will. Oh, I do, I do, though, going back to, like, the whole self-care thing. It is just such a... I think you're, the name of this podcast is so brilliant because, like, we as mums view self-care as selfish and I think we have got to get beyond that as a negative label and more of a this is a positive thing and like yeah it's just not you're not going to win a medal for being the most burnout burnt out mom you know you're gonna actually it's going to be detrimental and we've got to start viewing it like that that if you sit on the sofa and watch a program without thinking about the shopping list or without thinking about your milk or without thinking about what the kids need the next day like that is totally okay and it doesn't need to be called self-care because it only women use that term self-care yeah well that's it and i think also it it says well we have to stop trying to prove because who are we actually trying to prove ourselves to when we do that because I don't know about you but I, my husband doesn't give a toss if I sit and watch tv or you know no. read my book or anything he really doesn't care what I do in the day as long as we're all alive and happy and you know he's got a beer. someone's had something to eat yeah yeah, got <laughs> yeah. Food, but that, you know, I, that's what just eat is for um but the point is <laughs> who, who are we trying to prove it to why do and it, are we even I think what bothers me is when did I begin because I used to sit you know what I mean you sit there and you think I used to sit and be fine I remember big when Larry was a baby come dine with me kept me going you know I had no I never felt guilty about watching 12 episodes in a row or anything like that um so I'm not sure when it happened um and I think you're completely right I don't want it to become this really um fashionable thing I want it to become a thing that we go back in time a little bit maybe and realize that you don't need to prove yourself to anybody else even if you think you're trying to prove it to yourself um yeah I think it's just really I just I completely agree that it's just become a bit bullshitty and I I really don't want people to feel like that I don't want it to be a but that that is you know it's another of these labels that within the parenting world isn't it like you know yeah goes along with the attachment theory and the I don't know the you know some I was talking to one of my moderators the other day um and we had because we had a post about elimination communication and she grew up in a family where that was the norm you know they didn't have nappies and she her aunt came and helped her toilet train if you like 
her daughter and it was very like just very natural that from the earliest age the auntie came over showed you how to do it and you know what what cues to look for in your child and um, her child just never really wore nappies as a result she just always was tuned in to the fact that they needed the loo because that was what her cultural experience was of potty training and now we've got this label elimination communication and it's such a westernized like need to label everything such a western um desire to have like these big labels and, and wellness and self-care is all part of that like eat well move regularly and look after yourself you know and it's not it's not bad to be selfish occasionally but it's like there's like there's no money in that is there it's yeah. like going back to that trust your instinct there's no money in trust your instinct totally. there's you no know? money in look after yourself but looking after yourself isn't buying stuff and doing this this and this that feeds an industry looking after yourself is understanding what makes you feel good and what makes you feel charged the only thing i would say to that is that i really do believe that looking after myself is a trip to home sense so oh, you know yes. there, you know there is there is definitely some, can it's i tell you a funny story that when yes yes back open oh yeah of course i've been back i was back on the first day <laughs> Did you push your way to the front of the queue? Yeah, like, I'm happy I did. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> funny story is when I was having therapy, um, the psychiatrist said to me, uh, it was for PTSD and uh, severe anxiety disorder, and oh god, just an absolute, absolute fuck up in my head at the time. And she said, you know, um, I want you to think of a, a place where you feel safe. And you feel calm and you feel relaxed and, um, and I sort of sat there and not, I was like, oh God, I, well, the beach, the seagulls, um, I don't want to say the beach, uh, river, like I'm not really a fan of like that feeling of the, the rivery seabed thingy oh, with all that weed. Going, okay, okay, I've got it. And she went, so where are you? I said, I'm in home sense. <laughs> That wasn't quite where I was hoping we'd go. No, I today. can see that it's a happy place to be. It's I a think. Happy place. Listen, there is no happier place for me than the cushion aisle or the candle aisle, and oh, you know they they appeal to every sensor a sensory need I have. So glasses aisle for me. I've come home with a uh, magnifying glass on a piece of wood, and a who doesn't globe, need that? A world globe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you know where places are. You know, and uh, you know, my, my husband knows when I've been to Home Sense because there's just random shit that appears in our house that is pretty. It's pretty. They always cost seventeen yeah. ninety nine, and it's a bargain. Yeah. It's, it's so true. It's so it's true. Like, oh, it's only nineteen ninety nine. Oh my god! Oh. And if it has a clear, if it has a red sticker on it, oh, oh, I am skipping out of there. Skip it. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's got like a little tiny dent in it either, because that's you know. That means it's yeah. got it for cheaper and you can hammer it out, it's fine. <laughs> and then as you queue up, as you queue up to go to the till, there's the fancy hand soap for four ninety-nine that you need. But how I, I find the 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 queue the queue to the till in home sense is an important part of my trip because it is when I have that sense check <laughs> moment. <laughs> I get it in IKEA as well. 
And yeah. uh, I think it's important that a shop like HomeSense has like a fairly long queuing space because in that time I have to shed at least so like that five items. find a leopard print candle just near the It'll be because I was there. It'll be because I was in you that HomeSense, yeah. It is, I just, I have to, I have to like, I, I get like the cold sweat of the the money exchange about to that. Add it all. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh shit, don't need that. <laughs> I definitely don't need a leopard print penny today. Uh, what else would I need? got three. I don't need this dog bed. He's got two. You know, <laughs> it's just so, it's so ridiculous. So ridiculous. You know, the, that queuing bit is the bit that gets me. I'm like kind of every marketer's or advertiser's dream. Because it'll be, you know... You get um, sucked in by it. Yeah, rainbow-coloured um, sweets. Yeah, I need those. <laughs> Kate, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on Selfish. I think so many parents are going to relate to all that you've said. Where can people find you? Where can where they go find you? <laughs> in my pantry. <laughs> in your pantry. Where can they find you? If they want to join the mother load, where would they go? Uh, well, the main group is on Facebook, so you can find us. It's a really hard URL to give out, but if you just search for us um, in the groups section, the motherload, uh, you'll find us there. You can also find our website, which is www.the-motherload.co.uk. And um, yeah, there's also a motherload podcast if you want to look that up, give oh, it nice. a little whirl. Fantastic. Um, yes, it's it's not live at the moment, unfortunately. But there was a mother like podcast. <laughs> I should talk about it. Good podcast. <laughs> must oh. I must bring it back? <laughs> yeah, bring it back. It's been it's been brilliant. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed Thank being on me. Selfish. And yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Kate. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I need a little time for me to just be free of the daily.